Agenda setting conversations of the day. Well, you may, uh, from time to time, hear about what are called, uh, what basically plop, uh, sectors and areas and facilities that are supposed to try and make sure that we have enough stores of different plants and animals. They're often called biobanks. And this is to make sure that no species of plant or animal actually gets lost. You want to store it for future generations. You want to store it in case you need it later. You want to store it for future research. Many different reasons to do this. Professor Michelle Hamer is the Director for Collections Management at the South African National Biodiversity Institute. Professor Hamer, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How do these stores work? When you set up a sort of biobank, what do you put in it? How do you make sure that all of these samples are going to be safe for a long time? Yeah, okay. So there's a, a wide range of different sample types from plant seeds to um, DNA extracts to eggs to sperm. So the requirements, the different storage requirements vary according to what the type of materials are. So often it is a big minus 80 freezer or a liquid nitrogen storage um, facility, or it can just be a cooling room with lots of shelves and racks um, for storing seeds. So it really depends. And then you have to build up that biobank, and that means identifying which species to have in it, and then to go out and collect samples or to work with researchers or conservation agencies um, to to access and to, to build the material for the biobank. Do biobanks work together? You, you know, biobank A can look after these things and biobank B can look after those things. Yes, so that's how we're working now with this national network that we've um, just launched this year that we're working on formalizing. So there are different biobanks in different institutions. So South African National Parks has got a wildlife veterinary biobank in, in Skakuza and Sandby's establishing an indigenous plant seed bank at Kirstenbosch. And then we've also got various agricultural biobanks at the Agricultural Research Council. There's one for fish at the um, South African Institute for Aquatic Biodiversity at Makanda. So, so, yes, everybody's got their specialization and we're working together, um, you know, as a national network. Um, and so when you're able to do that, obviously that means that you're able to, to look after a lot more things. Are there certain things you need to prioritize now that people are prioritizing right now to look after? Certain things that may be lost if we don't? Yes. So so we are currently working on a um, full inventory assessment to, to get a list of exactly what is in the biobanks and then to identify the gaps and to prioritize what we need to add. And for that we do, one of the priorities is threatened species, so species that are at risk of extinction. Um, But there's other priorities as well. There's also um, sort of commercial um, interest or economic benefit or societal benefit that we also consider. Um, I would imagine that this does require a bit of money. Do we need to invest more money in doing this? You never know what you're going to need things for. Yes, that's true. So it is hard because um, these biobanks should serve 
you know, way into the future. Um, so you don't only think about what's happening today, but you have to think for the future. So, so yes, it is it is costly collecting the material and then ensuring that you've got the right infrastructure, you've got the right people to manage those biobanks. Um, so yeah, and that's the, the benefit of being part of a network is that each institution gets their allocation from wherever they sit for the daily operations. And then we've got funding from the Department of Science and Innovation for managing the network and for sort of strategic interventions, um, you know, where, where they needed. Professor Michelle Hamer, thank you. Director for Collections Management at the South African National Biodiversity Institute.